Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. We were going to move Ellie out of the zone tonight, but we won't make it anywhere like this, not for a while anyway. So now I'm thinking you're going to do it. I'm not going with them. Let me take her. We don't have time for this. Oh, you don't have time? Who is she? To you, she's cargo. We don't smuggle people. Sorry. I can do it. Kim, you don't have a here on your head, could you please? There's a team of fireflies waiting for her at the old state house. I know what's out there. We were going with an entire squadron for that very reason. But now I don't have a truck, I don't have a squadron. Fedra's five minutes away. What I do have is you. And I know what you're both capable of, for better or worse. What are they capable of? You get her there safely, and they'll give you what you need. Not just a battery, the whole thing. Fueled up truck, guns, supplies, all of it. I swear. I swear. That is The Last of Us. New episodes every Monday on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. James Dempsey uh, joins us once again. Already, James, everything I've heard about I haven't heard anybody who doesn't like this. Uh, and I'm a, I can't be interesting. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have drunk the Kool Aid too, right? Like actually, um, uh, this is a rare instance where uh, they have released nine. I think there's ten episodes. There's usually ten episodes in um, mm. in a HBO series. Often, anyway, uh, they have released nine of them to the reviewers, which shows how confident they are. Wow. Because, okay. Uh, they want reviewers to like be salivating on everything. I have seen. I can only say two and a half. Yes. <laughs> um, and I am very eager to just get back in front of the couch and 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 plow through the rest of them because like this is it, it it's so well made, right? Like here's the thing. Do you know anything about The Last of Us? No, well I mean I know it's like I know that on paper it shouldn't work at all. It's a <laughs> yeah, video true. game. Well, it's that, based on a video game. That is very, very true, yeah. right? It's based on a game by um a games creating company called Naughty Dog, who you might know as the creators of other things like Crash Bandicoot and uh Uncharted. Mm. And Uncharted uh was turned into a movie last year with Tom Holland. He's a very successful uh, you know, young actor. It, as far as I can tell, I don't know if it was a commercial flop, but it was definitely a critical flop. Yeah. And certainly I don't think it has entered the zeitgeist and people are constantly talking about it, right? So it, on paper, this shouldn't work because many, many, many of the iterations of games haven't worked when they've been turned over to um, screens that don't... Plus zombies. Plus zombies. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's new, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So why does it work? Here's the thing, right? I had never played The Last of Us, but uh, in anticipation of of it, um, I knew it was a really, really famous PlayStation game. I knew it was very celebrated for its cutscenes, which is where the you know the the game player action moves away to pre uh, like to to lines of dialogue spouted by actors. I knew that what was unusual when it was made was that they um, they used uh, motion capture on actors so they had actors actually like you know literally acting out mm. the scenes rather than just like I am now in front of a microphone right um and I decided I would watch the cutscenes like because you can you can obviously there's a yeah. YouTube channel for everything of right course. and I watched the two and a half hour long version of here's what happens in the game when you're not playing and I really enjoyed it because it's I mean it lives up to its hype right but obviously, the main reason why computer games don't work as 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 other property is because the whole tension in a game is you are playing, right? Mm. You're moving your thumbs and the character moves and then the zombies come and kill them, <laughs> which is what would happen if I was playing. Now here, obviously, 
the difference is that the show is fleshed out in other ways, right? You are not responsible for the tension, the director and the screenwriter is. And Craig Mezzan is the screenwriter of this. He won an Emmy for Chernobyl, which I, you know, if you listen back to my mm-hmm. review, I remember reviewing Chernobyl episode one and thinking, I'm not that into this. And how wrong I was, because by the end of its sixth run, maybe seven episode run, it was absolutely just edge of your seat stuff. Yeah. And although I cannot go into the second episode because there's a very strict embargo on what you can say, um, I was on the edge of my seat in the second episode of The Last of Us while I was watching it in a scene like, you know, I mean, I know what's going to happen, right? (laughs) And I was still absolutely on the edge of my seat. And I understand that like the first episode actually mirrors what happens in the game quite closely. Very closely. So the opening uh, 20 minute uh, kind of prologue to the show is set in 2003, uh, I think outside Austin in Texas. That's where we meet Pedro Pascal's Joel who is our effective hero, right, of the of the series. He's a, fa- a single father working in construction with a, a layabout brother and his daughter Sarah is uh, a, a wonder, like a like the most perfect child you've ever seen, yeah. right? as you would expect. And uh, on a fateful night in September, um, news begins to break, and there are all these kind of scenes. You know, there there are uh, you know portents. Is that the right word? Yeah. Portents of doom all yes. over the place, yeah. right? Uh, especially if you know what's going on, right? Which we do as the audience. Um, that point to something going wrong. And very, very, very quickly, although it's about a 20-minute sequence, this opening prologue, uh, things go wrong, (laughs) right? And then we jump to 20 years later outside of Boston. And what we heard in the clip there was uh, the introduction of Ellie as the character. So Ellie is played by Bella Ramsey. Actually, both she and Pedro Pascal were in different seasons of Game of Thrones, but they are both veterans Uh, of it. He's a significantly older veteran than she. I mean, Hmm. she, I think, I'm not sure how old she is in real life, but she was a child star in Game of Thrones and now she's a teenage star in this. And what we learn, and it is no secret, is that she has been bitten but has survived uh, for three weeks. So is she the key to unlocking a vaccine? Now that in and of itself is nothing particularly new, right? Mm. This idea of like a chosen one or an immune person or travelling across a wasteland. And and nothing is is particularly revelatory, right? We have zombies. These these ones are infected by a fungus, the cordyceps fungus, which is a real fungus that infects and kills ants. Uh, it takes, you know, it, it, it enslaves ants for its will. So okay. that does actually exist. It cannot, uh, it cannot uh, infect human beings. Or yes. can it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> but basically, um, in, in the show, you know, where this works very well in comparison to the game, in my understanding, is, you know, when you're playing the game and these zombies come running at you, you're either shooting them or you're running because you're trying to get away. Yeah. Whereas here, the camera can linger on them, right? And it's this kind of, like, it definitely is a nod to the Alien franchise, that Geiger weird, like, organic weirdness, right? Yeah. And the fungus, yeah. like, the the, you know, the... The, the makeup artistry here is absolutely incredible, right? So those who are infected, some of them die, some of them live for a longer time, in which case the mushrooms sprout through their brain and out of their head to, the, to the point where they can no longer see and instead they go around making this clicking noise. And uh, obviously, it's, it, if this is a game, you can imagine there's more to come and big bosses as well. But in addition to the zombies, there's also, you know, no goodens out there as well who yeah. are who are up to no good, including uh, who we heard in the clip mentioned there are the fireflies who are kind of like um, 
you know, uh, like a uh, like a terrorist army, freedom fighter army, depending on which side of the of the fascist line you land on. And then there's Fedra, which is like, um, which is basically the army which has taken over what is left of the US, and everyone has been left in these quarantine zones known as QZs. And yeah, honestly, what I have been so um, surprised by is how immediately lived in the world feels, right? Like, you know, the um, you're seeing Boston destroyed and not that I'm that familiar with Boston, I'm not, but like, but just every part of the um, of the vista just feels like this lived in world mm-hmm. and it feels messy and dangerous and thrilling at times, just like absolutely thrilling. The, the show lives and dies on the chemistry of its two leads because it is about the pair of them making their way across America. Yeah. They have, and, sorry, why are they make, waking up? No, Obviously, she may have a potential. Yeah. So, wh- where are they going? Well, so where they're going is uh, they're going west. Is all we know as a viewer okay. at this point, okay. right? They're going west in the hope that they can find a lab uh, that will have, um, you know, a scientist who knows what they're doing. Right. And honestly, you're going to love it because everyone yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can't say further than that. Right. The second show is Welcome to Chippendales. All episodes now streaming on Disney Plus. Steve, Steve, hey, 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 hey. What's going on? Hey. A strip club for women. What? There are a million strip clubs for men in Los Angeles, yet not a single one for women. Yeah, is this some kind of joke? Not at all. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. What's so dumb about it? Do you like looking at naked dudes? Of course. No, bullshit. Come on. The male body is beautiful. Got that right, honey. Hey, shut the up. No, I mean, not not like how we look at girls, you know? We're we're dirty little dogs. We're we're pervs. It's different. I have something to tell you, Paul. Something extremely shocking. Mm -hmm. But women get horny. We're every bit as lustful. We've just had to be in the closet about it. But now with the whole sexual revolution thing, it's all coming out. Erica Jong, Deep Throat, The Pill. She's right. There's a hole in the marketplace. We'd have something truly unique all to ourselves. Try it. What's the worst that could happen? Right, again, this is... Well, not again, because that's <laughs> completely different. But this is, you know, we know the end kind of thing. In this well, well yeah. yes, uh, yes or no. It depends, I guess, on how clued in you are to the 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 life of Steve Banji, Banerjee, mm. sorry, who was the um, creator of the Chippendales. Now, there are plenty of true crime podcasts that have uh, in the in recent years become very famous, telling or infamous, maybe telling his story. Um, and here we get a dramatized version of it. It's from a creator named Robert Siegel. He's best known for making Pam and Tommy, which was on Hulu mm. last year, Disney Plus here. Uh, Pam and Tommy, I started and I liked and I didn't finish. I just never kind of got around to it. Yeah. I just I didn't have the going distance with it. And in a lot of the critiques I've read of the show, the same kind of fatigue will fa- w- might affect you here, right? It is a bit like what I would imagine going to a Chippendale show was like. It looks really great, and then kind of twenty minutes afterwards, you're like, "What was that?" Yes. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> yes. So you have um, Kumail Nanjiani, who is a very kind of interesting uh, media character these days, right? He is a Pakistani born and raised uh, comedian who left Pakistan, went to a liberal arts college in Iowa, and then. Started, gave it a go on the comedy circuit, met the love of his life, she fell into a coma, woke from her coma, and they wrote a movie about of it. Of course, which is a great movie. <laughs> yes, yes, The Big Sick, yeah. um, for which they were nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. And then he got cast in a Marvel movie, 
and he hit the gym and he has become this like men's health cover man. I mean, he oh, is literally really? like yeah. ripped as you can get, right? Okay. And he, like, kind of, there's this kind of, you know, there's this kind of um, discordance then between the show because Steve Banerjee is supposed to be this schlumpy, vaguely nerdy, but incredibly ambitious in like, you know, an Iago-esque way, uh, business, savvy businessman, but schlumpy is the point. Mm. But yet, like, Camille Nanjani looks like he could be one of the Chippendales, you know, in, yeah. <laughs> in the sense that, like, they him in these boxy suits, but, like, I mean, he looks like a tank underneath these suits because he is a tank. And into it then comes Murray Bartlett, late of uh, White Lotus 1 in Hawaii, as Nick DeNoya, who is a choreographer who um, sort of uh, Steve hires as a consultant to make the show sparkle a bit more, and they kick off a friendship and then ultimately business rivalry that heads towards... Uh, some badness and all in I liked it like I have to admit I liked it more than I was anticipating because I had heard quite negative reviews but I do agree that it sort of drops plots very 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 quickly like for example uh, Dan Stevens who many many people will know he plays Paul Snyder uh, who was a Canadian club promoter whose girlfriend is played by Nicola Peltz uh, actress in her own right but also wife of Brooklyn Beckham uh, who plays Dorothy Stratton who was uh, like the playboy I don't know centrefold cover girl mm. I don't know whatever it is of 1980 uh, who had a very tragic demise and this all happens within one episode the first episode and then they're gone kind of thing and that is the ultimate problem with this show it picks up these plots and then it just drops them and it moves on to something else and it just feels a little unsatisfying but mm. it's not bad in and of itself like it is it's not it's better than grand but it's not fantastic either right but the overarching story arc is it's just the rivalry between uh, between basically uh, businessman Steve and choreographer Nick yeah. over the Chippendales, and you can imagine there's a lot of sex and drugs and, and rock and roll. And rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll move on to our uh, third show. I mean, it's worth a look just for that, <laughs> just for the title. The Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker, streaming now on Netflix. Here's a clip. How'd you get in his car? I was hitchhiking. I was. Well, good thing I was hitchhiking. Yeah, people say don't hitchhike. Well, this is what happens. Was yeah. Well, at least I was here. Can, can I get your name? I'm Kai. Kai. Can I get spelling for you? Straight buddy? out of Dogtown. K A I. K A I. Give a last name. <laughs> no, bro. I don't have anything. <laughs> As crazy as things got here, the best news is somehow, luckily, none of the injuries suffered are life-threatening, and the guy driving that car is right where he belongs, in police custody. In West Fresno, Justin Reisbeck, KMPH News. After I finished the interview, reporters from other stations came up to him and said, of course, can we talk to you? This guy is the most charismatic dude ever. Like, he's going to talk to everyone. He wants everyone to see him. For whatever reason, he said, nope, I'm not talking to anyone else, and left. And when that happened, I knew, holy we got something really special now because we're going to be the only one with this interview. <laughs> right, so this, this is true crime stuff. Again, I, yeah, yeah, true crime again. Now, this is a documentary and I guess, I don't know how, because like, this all happened in 2013, which is definitely within my frame of cultural reference for seeing, having seen things on the internet. I mustn't have had a laptop. I don't know what happened. But anyway, basically, uh, this this story completely passed me by. So in, in 2003, uh, like this rookie journalist in Fresno, uh, his name was Jessup Reisbeck, was just sent out because someone else was sick. He was sent to cover this story about a car ploughing into a pedestrian, deliberately pinning them against a wall or something. And then ha- the... Dr- um, 
a woman went to aid the person being pinned against the wall and the driver in a state of intoxication through various means and other problems, got out and started attacking her. And to her rescue then comes a hitchhiker who was inside the car, who had a hatchet, who then absolutely smash, smash, smash. I mean, that's how it became a meme. He was like, smash, smash, smash. So he smashes this guy across the head with a hatchet. Everyone lives, right? And this journalist sees the, the guy with the hatchet walking away and he goes and interviews him. And essentially, overnight, he becomes this absolute viral sensation to the point that Kai, the hitchhiker, becomes like, uh, you know, this was, I guess, uh, in Twitter in its infancy, but Facebook, you know, he he gets yeah. a Facebook account. He gets approached by first um, the human interest producer on the then Jimmy Kimmel show who wants to bring him on. And he then gets approached even by um, the producers of the Kardashians, like Keeping Up With The Kardashians, who think they can spin out of his virality some kind of, like, show. Yeah. And he is very charismatic, and he's also (laughs) um, suffering from severe mental health problems, right? right? And it becomes very apparent early on as a viewer that this is clearly what is going on. But no one sort of is digging into the kind of avariciousness of the producers who think, how will we, how can we make a quick book out of this? Yeah. Until there's, until sort of his behavior becomes so unhinged and uncomfortable to them that they're thinking, oh my God, how can we step back from this? And then it takes this very bizarre uh, and very grim uh, turn. And the problem is this whole thing is about a 90 minute one, you know, one episode documentary film or whatever. And it tries to pack an awful lot in and doesn't, you know, it, it raises some very interesting questions about like about the role that the media has in taking a, a, you know, a, like a viral, a viral star, if mm. I can use that term, right, a viral figure and uh, exploiting them for their own gain and how much they can buy into it for their own gain. And, and what do we as a society gain? Yes. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. right? But then the responsibility you have and your duty of care for these people. And then also the kind of the grubby fingerprints you're left when it turns out that these people are not uh, the heroes you, you think them they, to be. what you wanted them to be. Yeah. And the documentary kind of flirts with all of these questions without asking anyone, a single one of them, nor indeed attempting to answer any one of them. So again, a very kind of enjoyable 90 minutes of 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 true crime mm. early like early 21st century nonsense right but it doesn't really get, go you know it doesn't go any deeper than that yeah and nobody thought to ask why was there a hitchhiker with a hatchet <laughs> in his bag that was that, that wasn't a red flag at all at the time i suppose apparently not <laughs> all right that's uh, those three shows today we were talking about were the last of us new episodes today well, the first one is today uh, and every Monday on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. Also, welcome, welcome to Chick- Chippendales, all episodes now streaming on Disney Plus and the hatchet-wielding Hitchhiker streaming now on Netflix. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.